Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what? What are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Lavina Good is with us this morning, as is uh, Andrew Gordy, and uh, get uh, Lavina Good, I think, to open the batting this morning, and I'm just going to give you a nice little juicy half folly here, Lavina, by the name of Brandon Smith. I've just been looking forward to your um, uh, your perspective on the Brandon Smith, I want to play for the Roosters saga. Good morning. I'm going to take that as a full toss, and I'm going to hit it long and hard and go for a big, long six on that one. Thanks, Smitty. Um <laughs> The old cheese, eh? I'm a big fan of the cheese, to be fair. I do like him. I, I thought the Warriors had an opportunity to target the boy from Waiheke Island four years ago when the Storm had him on a $600,000 a year contract and the Warriors were looking for um, a number nine to move forward in the club. Um, he is a Kiwi international, but the Warriors didn't take that opportunity. So now he's moved from six hundred dollars to $800,000. And he obviously knows he was a second-rate citizen at the Storm when Cameron Smith was there and with Harry Grant taking over that new number nine spot for the Storm. What he wants to do is being a starting number nine, starting hooker for any NRL side. So he's done the rounds. He's been throughout Sydney. He got a knock on the door from the Dolphins, but he's in a bit of a... in the shtuk at the moment because he's come out on a podcast and not only has he indicated that he will be going to the Roosters, the Silver Tails of the NRL, they just buy whoever they want, whenever they want. I don't know how they keep under the salary cap, but that's for another discussion committee, to be fair. And um, he's indicated that via a podcast and also questions the culture within the Storm Club. We've all come out and said, Storm have got the culture thing going on, they're sweet as, they'll dominate forever. And he's come out and talked about a drinking culture at the Melbourne Storm. He's indicated that he'll be leaving the Storm uh, for the 2023 season, not 2022. And I wouldn't be surprised at the end of that if the Melbourne Storm said, actually, buddy, if you want to go, how about you head off now? Because they're not pleased with some of the media responses that have come out of that podcast. So the old cheese is in a bit of strife. But um, if I had a chance of buying him for the Warriors, if I was in charge of the Warriors for for their budget and who they could purchase uh, for next year or onwards, I definitely would have made a market him a long time ago. But that ship has sailed. He will not be coming to the Warriors. It looks as though he will be going to the Roosters. The one thing I would like to mention, though, prior to bringing Andrew in on this discussion, is that it's a really confusing situation with the NRL, how they have players up for contract at this time of the year, and yet they've got another year on their contract next year. So, I mean, there's Reid Marnie, who's uh, number nine from the Eels, has decided to leave the Eels. He's taken on a four-year contract with the Doggies for 2023 onwards. How is Reid Marnie going to play against the Doggies next year when he's wearing a Neil's jersey? I question that with the NRL. Mm. I think they need to change that. I really do. 
I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I can't think of any other situation where you would play a whole season uh, for a club and everyone knows that your heart and soul is really in the next club that you're going to because that's where your bigger benefit's going to be. Uh, Gords, how do you see that? Yeah, uh, morning guys, uh, morning to all the listeners as well. Um, I couldn't agree with that point and it's been a long-held belief of mine. It is, it is so backwards. Like, and what other, not, forget any other sport, like, what other profession would you have the situation where you are lining up contracts and, it's, and, it, and everyone knows about it um, a year out from when it actually happens? It's just ridiculous and it's not fair... It's not fair on anyone. It's not fair on the player who's at the centre of it. It's not fair on that player's current team. And in this case, obviously, it's going to be the Storm. It's not fair on the, the, the fans of that club. Um, it's not fair on the administration. It's just such a, a backwards... Um, I, I don't even want to say, like, old-fashioned. Old like, it, it shouldn't be something that should ever uh, happen in any sport. Um, but now, look, at especially the situation you've got with Brandon Smith... Um, it's so untidy for everyone concerned. You've got the Melbourne Storm coming out and officially confirming that Smith is going to leave uh, uh, at the end of 2022 and forced to make comments about what he said on this podcast. The only thing I will say about all of this is Brandon Smith can't do anything about that contract situation and this ridiculous situation that the NRL um, and this, this atmosphere, I suppose, that they allow, this environment that they allow for contracting. I've got no issue that Brandon Smith has gone out on a podcast and said what he thinks and how he feels because that's the situation that the NRL invites by having this ridiculous contract situation. And I found it kind of funny, actually, that, and, and there, were, uh, there were a few people on social media that picked up on, on how upset Buzz Rothfield was that Brandon Smith had gone out and spoken on a podcast and basically broken the news before he had a chance to break it. Uh, this is players taking control of their own narrative, which can be frustrating for mainstream media, but look at the, look at the media storm, I suppose, that, that he has created. Um, he's going to have to live with that, I suppose, for the next season at the very least. Um, but look, uh, I suppose if you're looking at it from his point of view, he's, he's a guy who's putting it out there. He's a, he's a, a good enough player uh, to be to be making these sorts of comments and, and being bold. He's, he's one of the the leading um, hookers in the game, um, and I'm sure he's going to prove that, certainly when he gets to the Roosters, but I think he'll want to prove it as well over over the next 12 months as well at Storm. Uh, well, Brandon's taken us up to the news, which is uh, fantastic, I guess, in a way. Uh, Lavina and uh, Andrew, could you please stay with us? That would be great. Uh, Trudy with us now, and when we come back, uh, would Artie Savia be top of your shopping list if you're looking to uh, contract uh, All Blacks going forward? Talk big opinions, the panel. Lavina Good, Andrew Gordy with us this morning. Gord's uh, Artie Savia signing through to uh, 2025. Uh, probably very good news for New Zealand rugby fans. Would uh, uh, Is he that vital for you? Look, from an on-field perspective, it's pretty hard to argue. Like he's he's been one of one of the standout performers for the All Blacks in recent times. But I just wonder, Smithy, whether this re-signing and in particular the timing of it um, has a greater impact, sort of off the field and in terms of the perception around the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby at the moment. Let's not forget that just what was it last week we had a, a pretty major decision, uh, a major change around the eligibility rules. Um, at, uh, from World Rugby and you had someone like Artie Savi himself coming out and saying I would like to play for Samoa and we talked about on this on this very program 
about how players might now look to India All Blacks careers early and, you know, uh, uh, sort of observe that stand-down period um, and turn out for um, the, the Pacific Island nation of, of the heritage, I suppose, at, at the following World Cup. Now, by doing this, uh, New Zealand rugby has very quickly, I suppose, taken that option off the table for Artie Sarvia, unless, I suppose, he intends to sign this contract and then, and then make himself unavailable for the All Blacks. Um, but on face value, it would appear that that's not the case. Um, and so it almost kind of comes across now as sort of lip service, I suppose, or at least for the, for the next four years. Um, and it's important, I think, that New Zealand rugby can show we can hang on to the very best players. You can, I suppose your listeners can debate whether, whether Artie Sarvia is one of the very best. But look, he's a, he's a, he's a big name. Uh, he's, a, he's a very good player with a big profile and an important profile um, especially, you know, among the, among Pacific Island fans. Um, so I think the timing of this in particular is very important for New Zealand rugby. How do you see it, Lavina? I reckon he's really good at 28. I don't know how good he's going to be at 32. So it's a brave decision by uh, New Zealand rugby to sign him off on the contract. It's a nice diversion also, I guess, for people not to be considering who's going to be coaching the All Blacks in the future. So it is perfect timing. I like the fact that he captains um, the All Blacks in the absence of Kane and Smith and Whitlock. So he was the one that they said, you know, you can be the leader of the team. And there hasn't been a lot of Pacific uh, Pacifica captains, I think, um, for the All Blacks. I mean, you've had Umanga, Collins, Mialamu, Muliaina. I think that's about it when it comes to the Pacific representation as captains. So that was really cool. So they're obviously saying you're a leader. We want to hang on to you. But I agree with what Andrew said, and, and the, with the changes to the international law and who you can play with, I wouldn't be surprised if his older brother Julian said, I'll play for Samoa. That's who I want to play with, because he has an opportunity to do that in January. But this is Artie's way of saying he doesn't want to do that. I found it really interesting, guys, that apparently he made this decision without an agent. He was not represented by an agent of any sort. So he decided to make um, this decision for him and his family for the future. But also his decision to stay in Wellington and represent the Canes for a couple of years. But then after that, obviously, with the contract extended with the All Blacks, he'll have a, a two-year um, hiatus where he can decide whether or not he will play for a different Super Rugby team. And that just might be the new Pacific Island franchise, Moana Pacifica. Mm. So plenty of exciting things to happen there. It's not a bad purchase. I wouldn't say he's a bad purchase. I just don't know how well he's going to be playing for the All Blacks in four years' time. And he wouldn't be at the top of my list if I was going to buy a player for four years for the All Blacks. Uh, here we find this uh, scenario, Lavina, uh, with New Zealand football. Uh, looks like Danny Hayes going to have to play some uh, non, well, I won't say non-professional, but some, some different players than he would like to play uh, for this uh, World Cup qualifying scenario in the Oceania side of things. So... Uh, he's forced to do that because uh, he can't get his hands on the players that he wants because it's not within, or part of it is not within this, uh, this World Cup window, this FIFA window. What a bizarre yeah. situation. We're talking the World Cup here. Yeah, it sucks actually. FIFA has basically put up the big hand and covered the ears and said, we don't want to talk to you, uh, New Zealand football. At this stage, we've made a decision on the tournament. Danny Hay has obviously said, look, the format really sucks at the moment because we'll be missing players like Chris Wood, suppressing. I mean, they, they're representing in Germany and, and Burnley at the moment, so they, they actually can't come and represent New Zealand because they have contracts with their clubs and this tournament is outside of that window where they need those key players. I know that um, Danny Hay got the troops together and said, look, can we not just have an eight-team tournament? 
over a 10-day window, and that would suit all of us so much better. But the other countries that were meant to be representing said, if it's a knockout situation, we can't afford to come to Qatar and just play one game. So FIFA had said, bad luck, New Zealand, if you want to um, head off to the for the um, World Cup, and if you want to make sure that you want to be one of the best in the world, you have to go through probably the first two games of this qualifying tournament without some of their superstars. I still think, though, Smitty, that they'll do well in this tournament. They're, they're the best in their pool. Mm-hmm. They've got the Solomon Islands, New Caledonia and Tahiti. So I'm not underestimating how well they will do. I just thought the process was interesting that FIFA said, we don't care what you're going to say, New Zealand. It makes no difference whatsoever. You can rally as much as what you want. It won't make a difference. You're going to go to this tournament without some stars in March for the opening two rounds. Andrew, I, 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 I'm not sure if I understand why New Zealand football aren't even part of these discussions and these headlines. It just seems to be Danny Hay, the All Whites, and uh, Oceania. Smitty, I'm, I'm so tired of talking about how amateur our OFC is. It's just an absolute joke. This has been going on for years, and this is just... This is actually a classic Oceania football decision. Um, it is appealing to the lowest common denominator, um, and it is not... You think about what the World Cup is, right? It is, it is the ambition for excellence. It is aiming for the very best, having the very best players, and this is doing the complete opposite. And unfortunately, I suppose, like, what, why are we at this point? It's because the OFC Executive Committee voted on it and in a, in a democratic situation where everyone has a vote, um, New Zealand football are simply outnumbered and they've got, they've got no comeback on that at all. Um, the, the idea that was put forward about a knockout, a knockout format was absolutely the right thing to do. They had to do something different because COVID has forced them to change the format of, of this qualifying tournament. They had to do something different. And the, the right thing to do, the fair thing to do for, for most of the teams anyway, would have been to have a straight knockout tournament that occurs inside the FIFA window. But of course, again, they're making sure that everyone's got, everyone's got a chance to reach this tournament. And by the way, this whole, this whole point of view around that these, these teams don't want to travel for one game, what is the difference? There is no difference between one game or three. It's not like they're going to pack out the stands and they get a gate from any of this. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's amateur hour, and I, I wish I wish that New Zealand football could do something more about highlighting just the injustice. As Danny Hay said yesterday, this would happen nowhere else in the world. And I'm looking at someone like Johanna Woods, the president of, of New Zealand football. She is on the FIFA Council. Now, they, they don't have the same sort of power that the uh, executive committee used to, but she is at the very top table of world football, if she can't be having discussions with some of the some of the most powerful figures in the game about what is going on down down in Oceania football, um, there's something seriously wrong. That's not using uh, your position to the to the best effect. And I'd like to think she would start having those sorts of conversations and using this as, as case in point number one. Because New Zealand football are trying to be professional. They don't always get it right, but they are trying to be a professionally run organisation they're operating in an amateur environment and it's got to change. Lavina, what did you make of uh, the Black Caps v India? Were you very, very satisfied with the draw or slightly disappointed that uh, it wasn't more an effort to win? I was disappointed. I thought it was exciting. I mean, the, the draw was exciting at the end, but I was disappointed on the back of what the Black Caps had achieved overseas. 
um, this is their opportunity to shine, I do believe, and come and prove to us that they can perform at all levels of cricket. I'm a massive fan of the Black Packs. I love cricket more than anyone, and I was disappointed in the draw. They should be striving for the victory, and I got a little bit pissed off at everyone celebrating a draw because for mine, that's not good enough. Mm. So I know they had to work hard to get the draw, but that team, Smitty, is capable of beating that Indian side. It was always going to be challenging that they had opportunities to do it, and they don't need to live in that defeatist mindset. They need to make sure that they know they've got a team that can win, and we need to be a country that says we expect you to win. Elwood. We, we agree on a lot more things than I ever thought we would, Lavina. Uh, I'm one of the most revealing things <laughs> to me. Stuff, uh, Come on, man. <laughs> hey, Gords. Uh, Gords, just finally, uh, what do we do with this uh, 11 for Mumbai, mate? Uh, where do we look to change, if at all? Well, it's, it's a good question, um, Smitty. I think, look, if, we, if we're just looking at the, the game that's just been played in Camp Four and you look at the team we selected, um, I, I think Neil Wagner's got to be feeling pretty pretty pissed off that he wasn't in. I mean, you had Will, Will Somerville and Russian Ravindra uh, were, were pretty ineffective, really. AJ's Patel, I think, I think obviously has, has some value. I think he's clearly the best of our spinners. Um, but but Neil Wagner brings you brings you something extra, and if they were to face similar conditions, which they may not, and, and I don't know, you may know more about that than I do. Um, I'm not sure exactly what sort of wicket they're going to face in Mumbai. If it, if it is, you know, going to be a, a, a crumbling, deteriorating wicket, and spin's going to play a bigger part, well then maybe you stick with the same eleven. But uh, gee, I think off the back of that, Neil Wagner's got to be pretty unlucky to miss out again. Uh, he's just one of those bowlers that. It doesn't matter the conditions. He can get something out of that wicket. And, and I, I hear what you guys are saying about, about sort of celebrating the draw. Um, the fact is, though, that you know, I'm, I'm sure they would have preferred things to have gone differently, particularly on that, and on that final day and, and perhaps on that fourth day as well. But I think once they got into the position that they did, a draw isn't a bad result, especially if now they go out and win this game. Uh, they, have a, they have a historic series win in India and crucial points uh, when it comes to the World Test Championship, if they'd lost that game, then we'd have nothing to play for, essentially, um, in, in terms of, of the series, at least, um, when it comes to this match. So, yeah, perhaps there are, are some selection issues to, to look at, and I'll tell you what, some of those batsmen really need to um, have a look at themselves as well. Um, I'm expecting certainly more out of, uh, well, perhaps Kane Williamson, but Ross Taylor and Henry Nichols as well. I think those guys really need to scan up in this next test. Totally agree, and uh, I think we've almost agreed on everything this morning, which is just wonderful. It'll make my Wednesday so much more pleasant. Andrew Gordy and Lavina Good, uh, I thank you so much for your participation this morning. You have been fantastic, as always.